CP Podcast 78. So the active cycle of breathing technique is something that we use as respiratory physios every day that we work. However, the key to doing it successfully is to tailor it to your patient. And so in this episode, we speak to the fabulous respiratory specialist, Nicole Petch, to find out the best ways of doing so. Hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Hey, Nicole, welcome back. Thank you so much for being with us. And today we're talking about a physiotherapy treatment that is used all the time in respiratory care, which is, of course, the active cycle of breathing technique, ACBT. So could we start with what is ACBT and what are the key components? Because I imagine that knowing the key components is what actually helps you to deliver it best. Yes, definitely. The bread and butter of being a respiratory physio is ACBT. And I think the starting point for a lot of um, airway clearance would be ACBT. Like you said, active cycle of breathing technique. It is an airway clearance technique to try and help move sputum, reduce infection risk and improve and alleviate potentially a patient's symptoms, improve their objective markers. And the really beautiful thing about um, ACBT is that most patients are suitable to do it. It doesn't require any equipment. Um, It's applicable across all areas of physio um, and can be really, really useful if done well and if adapted to suit the needs of your patient. It is a cycle of a few different components the idea being that there are physiological reasons for doing each of the components but the fact that you can adapt it as well based on your patient and what they need the aim is to avoid repeated bouts of coughing and that's kind of the way that I always try and sell it to my patients is that we don't want you to cough 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 waste your energy for one but also have ineffective bouts of coughing because you're closing off your airway if the sputum isn't yet ready and to be cleared from from your trachea when you cough so if we start and break down each individual aspect of acbt you start with breathing control so nice relaxed breathing And you can do this with pursed lips if needed, if your patient is particularly breathless. And then we would move on to some deep breaths or lower thoracic expansion exercises. So effectively deep breathing. Now with the deep breathing, you don't want to do too many because you don't want your patients to become really dizzy. Usually it's advised about three to five deep breaths. Um, I tend to teach it as a slow, big, deep breath in. And then I get my patients to hold the big, deep breath in for a few seconds and sigh out. The idea behind the deep breathing being that you are using the principles of interdependence and collateral ventilation to try and get the air behind any obstruction that there might be in the chest. And I think really important to note that when you breathe, the preferential ventilation of your lungs is likely to take the path of least resistance. So it's going to go to the unobstructed region, but you don't want that 
as a physio, you want to get into that obstructed region, help move the sputum. So the deep breaths are really to try and aim and get behind um, that obstruction using collateral ventilation, try and get behind the phlegm and open up those distal alveoli units. So from the deep breathing, sometimes people might want to go back to breathing control if that's made your patient particularly breathless, or you might move on to the forced expiratory technique. Now, this is sometimes taught a little bit different, physio to physio or speciality to speciality. I would tend to go with having gentle, um, long and slow huffs or forced expiratory techniques. I would then move into more of a quick and sharp, fast, forced expiratory technique. The idea being that the gentle, slow ones gets those lower airways a little bit, moves the sputum along. You're trying to generate that expiratory flow bias to move things along in the chest from those smaller areas um, of the lungs. And then the sharp and forced expiratory technique clears those big, larger airways, your main bronchus, etc. And I think for number of each of these, I use feedback from the patient um, as to how many I might do. As a general rule of thumb, it's probably around um, five um, gentle huffs I would use, and then maybe two sharp and fast ones. But it is really adapted based on your patient. And the Sharp, fast huff might clear what you need to clear. It might clear the sputum. But if it doesn't, I would finish the whole cycle with one cough um, to see if what you've moved and what you've moved to the centre of your chest is then ready to be coughed out. I would say that if your patient coughs quite early in this sequence or if they cough during the deep breaths, you'll need to go back to the start again um, and repeat the cycle. Um, again again it can be adapted to meet whatever the patient needs and you might see variations on what certain things within ACBT are called um, but it's very important to know why you're doing each part of it and it's not just doing the cycle because kind of that's what you need to do it's working out what will benefit and what maybe part of the cycle you need to adjust for your patient I tend to go for a few cycles until maybe the patient feels clearer, um, until we've spent a good considerable amount of time on clearing their chest. Fatigue might play a part of, with it as well, especially if your patient is post-surgical. Um, they might not be able to manage too many cycles and it might be something that you do little and often. Um, or until there's been a, an objective improvement. So if you've cleared a, a volume of sputum, if their SATs have improved, if their work of breathing's reduced, I would go until the point that you maybe see some of those um, benefits. Amazing. Thank you so much. And a, a really brilliant take that is different from what I've heard before in the in the context of what you're saying about having an understanding of each specific section so that you can adjust it to your patient because that's really really nice and uh, and perhaps a, a level of specialty above just go through the cycle i also love what you were saying about here's a guideline on the number of 
uh, huffs or the number of forced expiratory techniques, but actually look at your patient and what they're tolerating. That's a really brilliant way of doing it because it makes it more personal. And as you said, you're making sure that your treatment is as focused towards that patient as possible. So thank you so much. That's really, really nice advice. So that's what it's all about. Next key question, when is it best to use? Yes. And like I said, ACBT is often a good starting point for many um, respiratory patients that you might see um, if they're retaining sputum. I would say if you don't know your patient, if you don't have a bit of a history on them, um, it's always a useful place to think, well, let's try ACBT. Let's see if it moves any sputum. You maybe do a few cycles. You reevaluate with the the objective markers that you're looking out for, the symptoms of the patient. Is it moving anything? So you evaluate whether it's been impactful, and then either you continue using the ACBT or you reevaluate and you think, oh no, I need an escalation on this. I need to do something a bit different. So I think it is very useful as a good starting point. And I always think of respiratory treatment sometimes as a bit of a, a ladder. I start with this, I see how it goes, I evaluate it, does it have a big impact, is it useful? And that might not even just be one session, that might be over the course of a few days. Oh no, it's not working, that things aren't improving, the chest x-ray is staying the same, I need to escalate what I'm doing. Um, but ACBT is really um, useful because there's not there's not in contraindications in the way that some of the other devices from an airway clearance point of view there will be um, you don't need any equipment it's safe to use in situations um, like hemoptysis where you still want your patient to move potentially old blood that is a breeding ground for infection you can still use ACBT it's perfectly safe to use um, but you're still effectively being able to move that sputum so it's almost part of a patient's um toolkit especially from a self-management point of view you know we go in we teach um the technique and the teaching is really important to get the patient on board and understanding as to why they're doing it and then it's almost part of their especially for chronic respiratory conditions they can always reach for it and go to it if they are particularly struggling with um, any sputum and the main indications for using it would be secretion retention or potentially areas of atelectasis as well uh, safe post-surgery um, it's quite often used as part of a pathway particularly uh, post-heart and, and lung surgery as well it's one of the things that is really key to patients recovery of being taught an effective airway clearance technique um, and again, always evaluating, is it working for them? Do we need to change anything? Um, so for me, it's something that is your foundation for respiratory treatment and something that, um, you know, can be useful in all situations, even on call. Using ACBT sure. can sometimes be um, perfectly um, effective if done, if done right and if personalised to the patient that you've got in front of you. Super. Thank you so much. That. Absolutely makes sense. And actually, we're going to expand on this a, a little bit more now. You, you've talked about the importance of patient-centered, patient-centered focus. You talked a second ago about adapting. So I'd love to expand on this, expand, keyword used, uh, <laughs> on how we adapt ACBT 
for the patients we see. So what might be some of your key tips for how you can adapt it to the right person? Yes, absolutely. Like we said, it's not just going through the cycles. It's more than that. And adapting it and personalising it to the patient that is in front of you is really important. And I think the point we touched on earlier about understanding the physiology behind it will help you get the most out of the ACBT for your patient. I mean, it's a very simple technique. It's not particularly difficult um, to get to grips with, but it can be so effective if you kind of pinpoint exactly where it's going to benefit the patient. I think if your patient is particularly breathless, adding in and and putting in more breathing control will be beneficial it might allow them to do more cycles if you give them adequate rest breaks and breathing points in between Um, because sometimes forced expiratory technique can be quite hard um, if you are really really breathless I really really think that popping your hands on getting the feedback from your patient and both with your hands on so palpating the patient's chest but also listening to the movement of sputum in their airways will allow you to then adapt and adjust what you want to do so in terms of the huff if you hear potentially sputum quite late in the patient's long breath out it might be that the sputum is is lower down and you need to keep going at those lower lung um, levels if the if the sound of sputum and the feedback that you're getting is that the the huff is really quite early uh, sorry the sputum is really quite early in the huff you might need to do some bigger huffs clear that top sputum and then go back to the and um, the lower down huffs I would always be watching out for any wheezing. You don't want to be forcing too much the breath out and causing any dynamic airway collapse. So always being mindful of that and watching out for any wheeze or tightness as well. Um, And I would say from a positioning point of view, often sitting up is potentially the best for your patient. However, if they have lots of sputum on one side of their chest, if you've listened, it's more crackly on one side, they're reporting, they can feel it on one side, the x-ray saying the same story, then it might be that you need to do alternate sideline. So again, the beauty of the ACBT technique is that if your patient is able, alternate sideline, doing the deep breaths, doing the huffs in that position could potentially help shift it a little bit better. Um, but I would say always make sure that your patient sits up to cough um, and clear so using different positions might be able to manipulate and um, the movement of sputum and then depending on your clinical status of your patient how often they do it as well um, is really important so some people it might be maintenance therapy they're on top of the chest they're feeling quite well it might be once a day um, and then further escalation if they start to become poorly or sputum is stickier thick it might be twice a day or in a post-surgical population if they've just been extubated um, and you need uh, regular clearance of their airways it might be every hour or, or more frequently than that as well but again just being mindful of the fatigue because it does take effort to clear your chest as well. Thank you so much. That's really super. And some really pertinent points you've raised there. I love the the simple things, by the way, like positioning the patient in sideline when doing the deep breaths. That's a phenomenal idea that when you just do 
going through the motions, going through the cycle is something that people certainly don't think about. So I really yeah. like that. Thank you so much, Nicole. And uh, I'm really glad that you've been able to bring that focus for us. Also with that, it's not always possible. I think, especially if your patients had surgery, they've got drains in, they've had a, a stenotomy or a laparotomy or certain incisions, you can't get them into sideline. That's, you know, fully understandable. So seated would be the best option. I also quite like doing it in standing. So if you're on ICU, you get your patient up, marching on the spot, add in your ACBT in a standing position, you know, you get better ventilation and you kind of already prime them maybe with a march on the spot, increase their tidal volume. It might be beneficial to then put in a bit of ACBT to help clear their chest. Um, so, you know, you can really kind of tailor it to the setting you're in, the patient that you're seeing. Um, but yes, alternate sideline is really useful if your patient is able and it is suitable. Some great tips. Thank you so much. That's brilliant. And I suppose that brings us towards the final thing, really, which is to to summarise this, I suppose, if we may, with some of your key points to remember when you are using it. So what are, you, what are some of your top tips here? Yeah, I think top tip wise, I would say education is really important. And writing things down, especially for patients that have had surgery, they will forget exactly what you've just done (laughs) in five minutes. So I think writing down exactly what you've done and how often you expect them to do it, sticking it up, making it visible, getting family involved sometimes can be quite useful. I think it's putting a bit of onus on them from a self-management point of view that we've done all the education, we've done the teaching, we've done really good quality ACBT together. Now I want you to do a little bit because me as a physio, I can't be there every hour telling you to do this. But if you provide the written information, a prompt, they're more likely to do it. Probably not every hour, but more than maybe the one physio session that you've got in. Um and the ACPCRC do a very good leaflet on ACBT as well if you wanted to provide a little bit more written information. Um, that would probably be tip number one. Tip number two would be use that feedback, get your hands on. I think sometimes, especially maybe um, students on placement, it's not always, you know, natural to go and pop your hands on somebody's chest, feel how they're breathing, see what the sputum's doing. Um, I think it's really important. It can be really useful in terms of how you then adapt. Of course, always ask your patient if it is okay for you to put your hands on um, either either side or front and back just to feel what's happening within the chest. Um, And not necessarily you'll know exactly, but it will just give you a bit of idea and maybe a bit of tactile feedback as to how things are moving from a sputum point of view. Um, And then finally, I would say, and I've said this previously, use the nebulizers, get in straight after the patient's had the neb um, because the chest is then probably in, in a good position to then help with sputum movement um, and also pain relief, definitely, especially from a surgical point of view. If you go up to a patient and you say, right, we're going to clear your chest and they'll probably shout at you if you're in a, if they're in a lot of pain. <laughs> so um, try and time it with you know getting some pain relief in um i think yeah they would be my top three tips from an acbt point of view 
And those are some absolutely superb tips, Nicole. I love that in particular about pain relief. I, you just don't think about it, do you? But you're so right. How is someone going to be able to expand their lungs and to get as much air in if they're so if it's so painful that they're holding themselves tight? And I love that idea about after nebulizers as well, once they're in a position where you've tried to get as much help into their lungs as possible, right, now let's try and, and clear it. So Nicole, thank you so much. Those are some really, really brilliant tips. You've really elevated ACBT to more than just the bog standard tool that we use within respiratory physio. So as always, thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to seeing you soon and rest is best. <laughs> thank you so much. Rest is best. Thank you so much, Nicole. Some absolutely fabulous tips there. And once again, it's absolutely clear that tailoring and personalizing your ACBT to your specific patient will make a huge difference, not only in terms of the outcomes from that session, but the likelihood that they will keep doing it as well. So thank you so much for listening. See you soon here on the CP Podcast. <laughs>